Do you know I've never done this before? You've never done it before? No. I'll take it, take it gentle then. Shall I? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> it's better that way. You well, know what to expect. What's the, why would you interview someone? That's just, yeah. yeah, it's not an interview. It's just a conversation. So we've already started, so it's, it's easy, right? Okay. <laughs> so today I'm joined by Joey Myers. Hi. Hi. And you're the owner of Updog Yoga, I believe? I'm, I'm one of the owners. All right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Cool. And you're a teacher there? I am. Yeah. And so how did you um, get into yoga? Was there a life before yoga? There were many lives before yoga. Well, let's go back to the first one. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. The first one? Yeah. I actually, I think yoga has been a part of my life right from the beginning. Yeah, right. Well, how how was it how was it in your early days a part of your life? Um So I grew up in Israel. Mhm. And I grew up in a small village where we actually went to synagogue. That was part of our culture. Mhm. Um at least once a week. Yeah. And so that sort of community and that sort of um, lifestyle lent its uh, the, the the rituals mm-hmm. within Judaism had very much um, maintained what what felt like a sacred day to day life for us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So those rituals were relevant. Do you found them relevant as a as a young kid? Uh, relevant as a young kid. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, it's all I knew. Mm-hmm. But the more I have uh, delved into yoga, the more I recognize the the sameness mm-hmm. in those rituals and in those practices. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you're sort of saying um, that those rituals were your yoga, your initiation into yoga at a younger age. I'm just asking because a lot of people have, they're raised in Catholic families and they reject a lot of that stuff that is is um, shared with their family, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, mm. I get that. I think for me, yoga, or the way that I understand it, is it is our natural state. Mm-hmm. We don't have to practice asana. We don't have to practice um, pranayama. We don't have to do mm-hmm. any of the practices. In fact, that um, are specified. Um, along the eight limb path, I don't believe we have to read a whole bunch of yoga books in order to experience the state mm-hmm. of yoga. I think that it's always been there. It's always there for each and every one of us. I think that mm-hmm. um, I think that we forget. Mm-hmm. I think that our lifestyle, our culture is um, is busy. Yeah. It's it's challenging for people to pause and and recognize the the divinity that that rests within mm-hmm. themselves. So they're constantly looking for it elsewhere. Um. Did you find you were able to connect with that divinity that with through those rituals as a as a child like? It's it's still a challenge. Mm-hmm. It's still a challenge every day. Every day is a challenge, you know, like how often do you open your inbox and mm. and feel bombarded by something that, that triggers you? How mm-hmm. often do you get a text message or a voice 
male or um, um, you, you see a particular name on your caller ID that you think, shit, I don't want to have to deal with that. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, we're, we're constantly mm. faced with with that challenge and then just the the reminder that, oh, mm. hang on a minute. No, I'm I'm good. I'm just this is just what's happening right now in this skin. So how did you how did you get to be in in Australia then? We came to Australia when I was nine, mm-hmm. and um, like any nine year old, I just followed. Yeah, <laughs> like you had a lot of choices. That- <laughs> Didn't really have much of a choice. No. Cool. Um, so then, um, I guess. Then I'll ask, when did the Eastern Indian-style asana yoga get it come into your life and how did that happen? My dad used to, um, used to send me to yoga um, as a teen, which, mm-hmm. which I hated. It was offered at the gym that was around the corner from my house. It was like a, a waves leisure centre, mm-hmm. you know, yep. the one in Moorabbin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And... Um, it was fairly new back then, mm. actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, the, the yoga classes were some kind of hatha stretch. I was the only boy ever in the classes. Yeah. It was mostly middle-aged women. Mm-hmm. Um, the room was carpeted and you could hear the um, the heating or the air conditioning. There was like clinky kind of music which i hated yeah i hated everything about the experience <laughs> but i had to be there mm-hmm. um and in hindsight so much gratitude for those experiences i had no idea that i would look back at those mm. times with um with this realization that somehow it contributed into shaping into shaping who I am today. Mm-hmm. So those were my very early experiences of, of asana. Yeah. Um, I didn't really, I don't recall having a spiritual connection with the teacher or the teachings mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. At that at that age, mm-hmm. um, this happened much later on. Even even in my twenties, I remember going to um, an Iyengar teacher who was he, oh he was brutal <laughs> no kidding he was brutal again i i was the only guy that ever attended his classes mm. it was mostly middle-aged women and i don't even know why i was drawn to be there um in hindsight it's it's a really bizarre thing you know there was nothing about his classes that was um Attractive. The, well, that that was um, synchronistic with the way that I was living my life at the time. Mm-hmm. So, but, but I was intrigued. I was really intrigued by this guy. He was really skinny and he had this massive head of hair, like big curls, and his hair was aubergine. Yep. <laughs> right? Like, um, <laughs> it was like, um, you know, the character... In The Simpsons, the one of the clowns. Yep, yep. You know? Yeah, Sideshow Bob. Sideshow Bob, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, was, he kind of reminded me of Sideshow Bob. Mm. But the things that he could do with his body always just 
blew my mind. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't understand how this frail-looking person could just pretzel. strike a headstand and mm. pretzel himself and handstand and all these bizarre mm. shapes. Um, so I was really drawn to his weirdness mm-hmm. um, but I was also really glad that none of my friends were there to witness me going to these classes and, you know, I couldn't even touch my toes and yeah, he always used to yell Mm. at his other students, like really aggressively yell at his other students who just continued to come back all the time. And I always swore if he ever yelled at me, I wouldn't go back. Yep, In fact, yeah. I would probably, you know, like punch him or something before <laughs> I, you know, left. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Again, in hindsight, I, I recognize now like he was an, an exceptional teacher. He knew mm. exactly how to take care of me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, mm. and hold space for me. Yeah, it, it took me a long, a long, long time to recognize how this person really held me mm-hmm. um, by doing very little at all. Yeah, yeah. So you're having more spiritual experiences with that with that class there, sort of. Definitely no spiritual experiences with mm. the Iyengar teacher. No. Um, what what benefits were you having then? If like, because I know it's might sound, you know, like better to have a spiritual experience, but you obviously what benefits were, were you? Because you're going back for a reason. So what were the reasons that you Yeah, it's bizarre. I, I just kept going back. I had no idea. And it's it really is a testament to mm. to the practice. Mm. It is a testament to the the poses and um just just show up. It really mm. is a, a yeah, just show up and, and allow for whatever needs to happen to, to happen organically. It always does. Yep, yep. Yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah. If we're looking at, because, um, you know, we love, to, we love to uncover a profound aha moment for people, you know. Yes, yes. I think for me that was um, with Daniel Aaron um, over in Bali. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Aaron is the founder of Radiantly Alive. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Radiantly Alive? I haven't, Alive? no, no. I have to look it up. So Radiantly Alive um, is is one of the really popular schools now in Ubud. Mm-hmm. And Daniel, um, as far as I'm aware, is no longer a part of that. But he, he was the founder. Mm-hmm. And um, I met him in almost 10 years ago now. And that was at the yoga barn where he was working at the time, mm-hmm. pre-Radiantly Alive. Yeah. And I went with I, I went to Bali with a friend of mine who insisted that I, I have to come. I have to go to Ubud and, and, and have these experiences. And you know what? I, I just surrendered to that. And, and every day we went to something or other. At the yoga barn, it was, you know, meditation classes and um, all kinds of self-discovery yeah, yeah. Um, style. Some were very physical, some were more workshoppy, some were, mm-hmm. you know, uh, writing down um, notes and this, that and the other. The most profound experience on that trip that I had um, 
at the um, yoga barn was a class with Daniel. And um, we'd heard whispers, you know, every time we came to do a session at the yoga barn, the in the lead up, you know, constantly people before and after were saying, oh, you've got to get to this guy's classes. Really fantastic, yada yada, blah blah blah. So mm-hmm. we we got there, and I remember arriving. We we got there like three minutes after the class had started, yeah. And there was there was no room to move. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not kidding. So there's two of us. We're we're clunky as anything, and we are um, trying to squeeze two mats into this this space and and i just remember looking around and thinking what the fuck are we doing here <laughs> i'm not kidding yeah, what, yeah, yeah. what what are we doing here mm. and he he started talking about um the death of his dog mm. that day um the class was his dog had eaten chocolate mm. and that was the reason his dog had died. Mm. And so I guess the theme of his class was about recognising our own immortality. He weaved in somehow about his daughter saying, oh, it's okay, Dad, our dog is in a better place now. Mm-hmm. You know, and this was woven into this really dynamic flow with um, with chanting and arm balances and really funky music mm-hmm. and the whole shabam. Yeah, yeah. And for me, that experience was quite profound. Mm. It was probably the first time since I was a little child going to synagogue that I'd had that feeling of connectedness mm-hmm. yeah Powerful. really connected yeah, yeah, yeah. to something much much bigger mm-hmm. and i knew at that point um that that i had just stumbled across something magnificent and mm-hmm. there was no going back oh. were you teaching before that i i hadn't even Thought about it. I didn't even know what vinyasa <laughs> as a style was. Right. So that was the moment you you realised that you were going to be teaching it then, or that no, at, at no. least. Okay. So so no, I I didn't um, I didn't care to teach not mm. um, until my second training. Right. Yeah. Mm. In my first training, I just I only went because I needed. Firstly, I needed to get to know this this Daniel. Mm-hmm. You know, like he just completely blew my mind with his um with his knowledge and um his wisdom mm-hmm. really profound yeah and i i had to know mm. what this is about so yeah the first training that i did was um like a, a 300 hour immersion mm-hmm. and then um, in Bali, was it? That that was in Bali. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a live-in program, mm-hmm. and you know, I didn't even know these things had existed. Yeah, I remember when when I'd found out that this is what he was doing. 
I the first thing we did was get into a car and um, went to the venue where this where this teacher training was supposed to be hosted because mm. I wanted to make sure that the venue was up to scratch if I was going to you know be living there for a month. Yeah, yeah. You know, I needed to make sure that the rooms were clean mm-hmm. and the bedding was, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right on. I needed to see the kitchens. I knew, you know, like mm-hmm. th- this is where my head was at at the time. The, yeah. the accommodations were more important to me than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. So then what have you specialized in then in, in yoga then since you're becoming a teacher? What's your favorite thing to teach today? My favorite thing to teach today is is a slightly slower paced. Mm-hmm. I still love vinyasa. I still love the um, the relationship between breath and movement mm-hmm. and that synchronicity. I, I practice in that way. Not mm. always, but I do practice in that way. So it feels very authentic for me to share that mm-hmm. with others. Yeah. Um, I also I have a very restorative practice these days. Mm. I no longer beat my myself up the way I used to. Yeah. So and, and I I really used to beat myself up. <laughs> What's like stretching <laughs> yourself into poses and pushing hard? Oh, very aggressively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Very aggressively for a mm. long time. Yeah. So that's just it's not of interest to me anymore. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I still think there is. Um, there is a need for practicing with, dare I say, correct alignment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, correct intention yeah. is, probably, is probably a better thing to say. Mm-hmm. The correct intention when I put myself into a particular shape or when I put students in a particular shape. You know, what's the purpose? What are we really trying to achieve here at a at a physical level and how is this conducive to any kind of spiritual growth? A favourite a quote or bit of wisdom, you know, that, that the teacher has that they, that they um, resonated with when they were first beginning their, their journey or, mm. or something that really stuck with them over the years? The simplicity of uh, the, the yamas and niyamas is, you know... Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm. Um, but in the world we live in today, mm. <laughs> a really good philosophy, don't dream it, be it. Mm. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. That was, that was, um, that's not mine. Mm. Um, that was Frank von Furter. Um, so you you teach at Updog, and how do we find find you if we want to get in contact or follow where your classes are at? I I do teach only at Updog. I, I also teach privates, mm-hmm. um, and you can find me through the studio website, mm-hmm. or you can um, email me at joey at updogyoga.com.au. Beautiful. Yeah. And do you have any uh, workshops coming up soon? Yeah, we do. We've got um, several things happening. I'm doing a rest and restore mm-hmm. with um, a good friend of mine, Sphere. Yeah. And we are also 
doing a retreat in September, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. That's at Amaranth. Is that it? Where's that? Um, Amaranth is 75 minutes out of Melbourne. Okay. And uh, it's a it's a pretty pretty neat property. Mm-hmm. It's very secluded, um, immersed in nature. Uh, the house is it, it's not super luxurious, you know. It's mm. um, it's very humble, mm. but still very tastefully done, mm-hmm. which which I really like. Lots yeah. of um, cozy spaces and yeah. So that's in September. Cool. Mm. And you you'll be running that one, yeah. There's yeah. that that will be myself with Svia and um, some guests as well. Okay, what? How long does it go for? The retreat is a weekend. Mm. We start on a Friday night, mm-hmm. and um, we we begin with dinner, yep. which is so all the meals are um, prepared by a chef. Beautiful. That um, is is just magnificent. This is my fourth one now in the same venue, and I yeah. just I keep going back because they keep delivering such a great atmosphere for us and yeah. and for our students. So yeah, cool, awesome. Um, before we go, is there anything, any other stories that you'd like to share with everyone? If you have any other little gems that you've got for us. Yeah, let let me think about that. Maybe right. next time I'll. Right. We, we can start with a funny yoga story. Yeah, right. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> what What about you? What's a funny yoga story for you? I don't know. I don't know. I thought maybe maybe as a teacher you've seen something funny that just you just shook your head at. <laughs> oh goodness! I I try not to shake my head <laughs> in class too much. Yes, I I do catch myself shaking my head from time to time thinking well what are you doing why are you doing that <laughs> um mm. yeah <laughs> mm. mm, interesting yes. all right uh thank you very much for coming and having a chat mate thank you thanks for having me no problem do um the other co-owners <laughs> teach at updog yeah at do Updog. the other co-owners teach at Updog? so so um you asked me uh, you, you'd said you are the co- uh, you are the owner of Updog Yoga. I said no, I am one of the owners. Yes. Um, you didn't tell me who the other ones were, but I didn't ask, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I feel and have done really from the beginning that um, everyone who who comes to Updog is an owner mm-hmm. of Updog. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Um, it's it's the only way we can really have a a community space. Mm. Um, I don't feel there is a need for hierarchy and even the distinction between a teacher and a student in mm. in that space. You know, and and you've been, you know, yeah. Um, we're constantly shifting and changing. You see that. Um, mm. I, I really enjoy going to other teachers' classes at the studio because I feel like, yeah, I'm here really as a student mm-hmm. um, and and I can be that. Mm-hmm. Um, and many of the people who are on the mats are, you know, quote unquote yoga teachers yeah, yeah, or yeah. aspiring yoga teachers. I think um, that that label is is really constantly shifting and changing and evolving. So... So am I the owner? I'm one of the owners. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. As well as everyone else that that is in the community. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel. It's really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>